So as I'm sure you're all aware, we are wrapping up election season, the big one being Biden taking the win for president-elect, but a bunch of other elections are happening in the Senate, House, with your state governor, and possibly even the manager of your local elementary school bake sale. The country is changing, but there's a certain law that has piqued the interest of our team. Measure 110 on the Oregon ballot has passed, decriminalizing all drugs. Hi everyone, and welcome to Caffeine and Cognizance. My name is Sam Bouchard, and today I'll be joined by my co-hosts, Please introduce yourself. Kari Kennedy. Uh, John Yashoda. And Yifan Wang. Awesome. Uh, so in today's episode of Caffeine and Cognizance, drug decriminalization, does it work? Before we start, it's important to clarify the difference between drug decriminalization and drug depenalization. With depenalization, drug possession is a criminal offense, but the perpetrator does not receive any penal sanctions. Think imprisonment and the like. But with decriminalization, possession of drugs is still prohibited, but the punishment doesn't fall under criminal law. To start, the following is from a 2017 case study discussing the effects of drug de decriminalization in Portugal, titled Going After the Addiction, Not the Addicted, The Impact of Drug Decriminalization in Portugal, by Sonia Felix, Pedro Portugal, and Ana Tavares. On the 22nd of April 1999, Portugal put in place a number of policies aimed at reducing their prominent drug problem. One of these policies, one that caught the attention of many, stated that, quote, the use, purchase, and possession of any illicit drugs is no longer to be considered a criminal offense, but rather an administrative one. Though it may seem a little counterintuitive, this policy, among others, reduced the amount of seizures of heroin and cocaine, and more importantly, reduced the amount of drug-related offenses and deaths. So considering the fact that this month's topic is centered around the democratic process. What happened behind the scenes to get these policies in place? Who drove the issue home and who may have provided some pushback? Well, I know a lot of the citizens of Portugal wanted this. I mean, uh, before the uh, law was put in place, I think it was like maybe one in 100 people were addicted to some sort of hard drug. And this was a major concern for families and especially um, ones with children. Like, you would send your kid to school and there would be addicts passed out on the street, and this wasn't a good place to raise a child. Yeah, I agree. Um, it was really hard. Um, the public really was um, up for drug reform because it was really hard to find a Portuguese family without problems. So there was, like, a really good acceptance of the idea of decriminalizing and turning this into something better. Yeah, so what the people really wanted was drug reform, but however, I think there was, in fact, a clash in between ideals between politicians and the people involved because there was nothing in it for the politicians to decriminalize drugs. And they were more concerned with decriminalization of drugs causing addiction than solving it. Yeah, I think that this is kind of an interesting dilemma that they had to go through when trying to implement this process because... Um, as, was, as was mentioned earlier, I think the people on the ground who had a little more experience with problems with drugs uh, from themselves or from family members and friends, their view of the problem and how it could be solved was very different from what the politicians assumed would happen. And I think eventually what happened was that the politicians realized that they could not really resist the the overall the overall overwhelming feedback from the people that they really needed drug reform in order to make some positive impact um, on the problem so eventually this 
was put in place in 2001, and it was legally effective from July 2001 and onward. But I guess we all, we all know that these are the same issues that are happening in the U.S. 128 people die daily from opioid overdose in the U.S. from things like prescription pain relievers, heroin, and synthetic opioids. So I guess the question is, do you guys think that these same problems can be um, solved in a similar way as to um, as was Portugal? How do, how do you guys think this can be applied to the United States and our problems over here? I mean, if it's implemented in the same way, I don't know exactly how they like dished out this, but I know that the funding for like before the thing, uh, before the law passed in Portugal in 2001, the funding was, I think, like 20 percent towards healthcare and 80 percent towards police and like reinforcement and stuff. But then after they kind of flipped that where 80 percent was for healthcare, um, and 20 percent was for police and they sort of treated drug addicts less like criminals and more like patients. And I think that mindset helped like a lot of people recover. And it I mean, the results show it drastically decreased drug usage. And so I think if it's implemented with that kind of mindset that going into it is like, oh, they're patients instead of these like criminals, then I think it might, it, it, it'll work, yeah. So in fact, California kind of went through the same thing as Portugal, except with marijuana. In fact, medical marijuana was legalized technically in the U.S. starting with California, and that happened in 1996. And they implemented a law that legalized this, and however, it didn't really work the same way as it did in Portugal, probably because the same thing, it wasn't the same thing as Portugal, it was legalization, and it was only with marijuana. So it wasn't like any harsh drugs like heroin or like cocaine, like the things that are causing like overdose, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it really increased the rate at which people were like openly doing drugs. So it's kind of debatable whether it was a good thing for California itself or not. But of course, it will work different for the U.S. on a national scale, which we haven't done yet, obviously. Mm-hmm. And now looking at Oregon's new law, um, which was Measure 110. So in other words, the Drug Decriminalization and Addiction Treatment Initiative. Um, it eliminates criminal penalties for custody and possession of small quantities of drugs. So um, measure 110 would essentially like redirect the savings along with sales tax revenue for marijuana towards drug rehabilitations and recovery programs. So it's initially doing the same thing what Sam kind of said, um, where we're kind of putting more focus towards healthcare rather than um, like the police yeah i think it's i think it's an interesting um i think it's an interesting take that uh, oregon has started to push for and i think that definitely in the past oregon and a few other states have been kind of leaders in um in drug reform i know that in the past we were one of the first to start legalizing medical marijuana and a lot of other states started following suit and i think that an important thing to note when talking about the future of Oregon is that there are a lot of different factors that are um, that are at play here. So, for example, in San Francisco, they were talking about safe injection spaces and affordable housing that were all tied into these issues. So, when thinking, when kind of focusing in and pinpointing onto Oregon, what do you think the future of Oregon looks like in a in a in a state where um, 
there are a lot lighter laws on drug usage and drug possession in the future. What kind of um, what kind of impacts do you guys think that will have in the long term? You mentioned safe injection spaces. What do you, what, can you expand on that a bit? Oh, yeah, sure. So this was a policy that was on the table a little bit in San Francisco, especially and in um, California as a whole when they were doing their um, when they were beginning to start decriminalizing drugs uh, on a larger scale. And these are this is an idea that people in Portugal have also realized, which was that um, there are going to be people doing drugs, whether it is legal or not. And right. in some cases, you can actually reduce the amount of people uh, overdosing and being hurt by their usage if you create space, safe spaces for those people to um, to use their drugs and to maybe not feel as harsh consequences. And hopefully those people can eventually start to slowly, uh, slowly get off of the drugs over time instead of um, going through a much harder, strict ap- approach that a lot of other countries and states have been doing uh, so it's in the past. similar to how like alcohol drinking is uh, limited to bars and you can't really just crack open a whiskey on the, the middle of the street right because I know in yeah, the yeah, prohibition um, they tried to do a full ban but that ended up having more um, more like alcohol usage when it was fully banned a lot more underground trading as well and so I think it's a good idea to um, sort of I mean, at least we're learning from our mistakes. That that's that's a plus. But yeah, I think those policies might push the push it forward a bit. Yeah. I definitely feel like this law is definitely targeted towards like homeless individuals with like alcohol or drug or mental disorders, and they're definitely like the most vulnerable. So I feel like this, um, our new law would definitely impact them the most, but um, it's kind of up to, like, it's kind of up in the air of whether it's going to impact them in a positive way or a negative way. Yeah, I agree. Especially, like, in Oregon, like, with a slightly bigger homeless population, um, like, a lot of them are more vulnerable to substance abuse. Some of it, substance abuse actually, like, some of it leads to homelessness and that kind of creates a negative cycle in which like one cannot get out of the cycle of substance abuse and then they cannot like dig themselves like up from that hole of like just like despair right and i'm thinking that like the legalization of drugs you know like usually in the case of colorado actually led to the increase in the number of homeless people in the area of the decriminalization but that's less on the substance substance abuse causing homelessness and more on people who are already addicted going to places in which the drug addiction isn't criminalized. So they're going to like a safe space. So in fact, the number of homeless people aren't increasing. They're just migrating to a place in which they will be safe. So if you just completely decriminalize drugs in Oregon, then that'll make the state technically a safe space for homeless people. And if we offer more rehab programs, and by the way, the offering of like, better housing housing is also included in the measure one one ten so that actually help people um that'll actually help people like gain shelter and rehabilitation programs and stuff so i think that will actually really help oregon do you think that um oregon becoming a safe space or like a sanctuary state because i know it's a sanctuary state for uh correct me if i'm wrong like immigrants coming over right if you're in oregon you can't really be deported or something 
Is that true? Or I forgot. Um, yeah, I think I think Oregon has uh, become, especially in our eye, in I guess more of the progressive lawmaking that's been occurring in the past few years. There is, has definitely become a place that is kind of leading the country in the terms of these bigger reforms on drugs and things like that. Um, and I think that it, it is a genuine worry for a lot of lawmakers that around this around this kind of a um, an issue that policies decriminalizing drugs would make Oregon a haven for people from other states who are having drug problems to come here and feel safe. So, which is why I want to kind of tie this back into the idea that when we go back to Portugal and the example that we started off with, it's important to remember that that was one of 13 policies, right. 13 policies that were all uh, pointed towards helping the drug problem as a whole and helping the people who did have that kind of a health issue. So I think that there are some negative impacts that may come in the future because of this, except it is a step in the right direction and some other policies that come from it um, and kind of support it in its endeavors could really be helpful when um, trying to combat this issue of drug abuse. So I guess to, uh, to wrap up a little bit, um, I want to try to tie this back into this bigger picture idea of difficult, uh, bigger reforms around issues like drug abuse in our country as a whole. What do you guys think are the next steps in terms of trying to um, use our democratic process to get the ideas and get the wishes of the people into the hands of politicians? What kind of next steps do you think there would be if we wanted to try to get a national um, a national policy regarding drug reform. Well, I, I, I mean, if Oregon has already passed it, right? So if or one state does it at least, I mean, I think Californians, California is thinking about it again. And if that catches on, then it will spread. I mean, this happened with marijuana. I know there's probably many examples of one state doing something and it spreading. Um, making it like a federal law, I'm not sure if that will happen. Because uh, that takes a lot of like work to get in place, and I think keeping it as a state by state decision. I mean, a lot of states will take it, of course, but I don't know if it's gonna be passed as like a federal thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I I guess it also kind of depends on like what are the results if it's like significantly like highlighted and it's like proven to like be working i feel like other states would definitely take it into consideration and i don't know maybe perhaps in the future it could be turned into a federal law but i guess it's really dependent on what the outcomes are um since it's pretty new right now so yeah, I agree that a lot of states will follow suit. However, I just don't think it's very likely that more conservative states are likely yeah. to be going to do the same thing, even like if like there's a good effect. Because like they didn't even like um, um ban abortion, so that that's gonna happen with drugs. Yeah, so I guess when talking about this idea of opening up drug reform in our country, do you think that it is important to get a federal mandate? Uh, out eventually a, a kind of federal policy like what happened in Portugal or do you think that 
leaving it up to states is the best way forward. I, th- I think if it's left as a state thing, then, I mean, people still have that option to vote for it, right? And if the majority of that state wants it, then it'll happen. But um, I think making it federal is just unnecessary. But, I mean, that's like a... Yeah, I've... What do you yeah, guys I guess think? it's a, it's an important it's an important thing you talked about. Yeah, what do you guys what do you guys think? Yeah, I definitely agree with Sam. Like, kind of up to like what people want in each state, and I think that, I mean, people definitely have the option to vote or definitely move to another state if they think otherwise. But I think um, each state having its individual policies is a good way to go. I I don't think yeah. moving to another state is that's that simple right <laughs> yeah but i'm saying out like in the worst case that logic could be used about like the u.s and i think it has been by some super far-right people right just leave the u.s if you don't like it but i, I don't think that's an option for a lot of people yeah and i guess the moral of the story a little bit is that this is why local elections are so important and this is why state elections are so important every two years and every four years i think though a lot of focus is put onto the presidential elections and the Senate races and the, um, and the House of Representatives and all of those kinds of things, I think it's really important to be paying attention to these local policies that could really impact the lives of your state and other states if policies like what happened in Oregon can eventually spread farther and farther. Right. Yeah, I think this may be getting a bit off topic, but like... I only received ads about measures, like, very rarely. But stuff for national campaigning is so much more prominent. And I think that, at least for me, I'm not sure. I'm not speaking for the whole young generation, right? But I think there should be more focus on the state elections because that's where you can actually see your impact being made. Um, I mean, yeah, voting for the president does make a huge impact because of their specific policies. But getting anything done... In, within states, because everything starts out as like a state thing, and then it goes national if there's enough support, right? So I think putting more emphasis on state reforms and state uh, voting laws and stuff like that, right? Um, I think that'll be better once we can vote, because we're all pretty close, right? Yeah. Any any last, any last thoughts? All right. Uh, thank you all for listening to our first episode. Uh, I don't know where this is going to be featured on, but give us a like if that's an option. Uh, Yeah, thanks for listening. See ya. (laughs)